0: Welcome to Toronto Under Construction, a podcast about everything Toronto real estate.
1: Welcome to Toronto Under Construction, a podcast about everything Toronto real estate. I'm Ben Myers. I'm with my co-host, the one Stevie C, Steve Cameron. Mr. Myers how are you I'm doing all right we uh, we were ghosted uh, last time so this time we had to go to the office of our podcast guests. We're just oh, it's sitting uh, here. It's,
2: uh, it's kind of quiet. It's a little eerie not having the uh, lawnmowers going in the background. <laughs> you know, the, Usually
1: <laughs> we're sitting outside. We get the birds chirping. Yeah, right? yeah. You know, we crane swings over we're, our head. Hopefully the, the sound will be quite uh, good for you. Uh, yeah, um, we're
2: in the incubator of sound in here. Yeah, so it's, it's good. It's, it's good. It's,
1: it's good news. It's, it's good news. Tell so. me more good news, Ben. Tell me more good news. Well, good news is we have a sponsor. Oh, lucky for us. And that sponsor is the Plus Group. The Plus Group is comprised of five distinct companies: RN Design, SRN Architects, Salesfish, Sales Software, Kool Aid Studios, and Studio Uno ID, offering services marketing, architecture, interior design, and real estate software. Their mission is simple: revolutionize the real estate industry through efficiency, innovation, and quality, while adding value to the client experience. For more information on the Plus Group or any of their five companies, visit theplusgroup.ca. Please, I encourage people that are thinking about uh, looking at a different company for their marketing or for their architects to to, to reach out to the Plus Group. And uh... yeah,
2: they do great work. They they did our logo, uh,
1: our little uh,
2: Toronto Construction logo. They're uh, looking at maybe doing some more design for us, maybe a short video. Ben and I are going to do a, a, a two-minute reel, commercial reel.
1: Yeah, a little. Uh, what grinds your gears? A little rap little gr- song, maybe. What <laughs> grinds your gears? <laughs> you know what doesn't grind my gears? Oh, our guest today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you figured it out. <laughs>
2: Well, today's guest is coming up on 15 years in the new development industry, Ben, with a focus on sales and marketing. And Mark Speak of the job. There we go. Daniel has worked for Arista Homes and Guidelines Advertising before joining Paradise Homes in 2011, where he has helped grow the company to one of the leading low-rise builders in the GTA. Holding the title of Vice President of Operations, Sales, and Marketing at Paradise Developments, welcome... Daniel to
1: the show. Welcome. How are you doing? Thanks for joining Excellent. us.
0: Excellent. Excited to be here, guys. Salerno is that how you say? Salerno. 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 We didn't we didn't, get, we
1: didn't give the last name, so I, well, I didn't sometimes want you got to gotta keep uh, a little bit of uh, you know Lillian space Street. in your yeah, life. <laughs> we don't tell people who you More are. Daniel until the very could just be end. from Paradise.
0: Well, we we don't, we don't know. <laughs> Anyways, beautiful office. It's um, did you guys build this building? Thank you. Yeah, we're super proud of it. We built this building four years ago. Now okay. So Paradise operated out of. Uh, an office space in Markham, yeah, um, for 25 of its 50-year tenor, wow. and we decided it was time to purchase our own building and integrate our design studio of in with our I corporate saw offices. I saw that, yeah, and uh, wanted to select a central location that was easy access off various uh, highways, and here we are. Yeah, awesome. We're at, awesome. Uh,
2: 401 and 404, yeah. We actually just bought uh, a site around the corner on Consumers Road, believe it or not. Oh, right, okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Two, yeah, Did you do a
2: site check on your way here? I'm going to go see the owner after this, actually. Yeah. <laughs> okay, there yeah, you go. I'm it's actually up. going to do a little of the site
1: Check right after. Awesome. So we're you know we haven't uh, we haven't had the the chance to interview too many low rise developers. So we're pretty excited when we say we're our podcast is about everything real estate and uh, and it's been mostly high rise and rental guys. But
0: uh, <laughs> you'll see by the end of this podcast, low rise is just as glamorous. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a little bit about uh, about your
1: background. I know you worked uh, spent some time at PMA as well. And uh, yeah, so so, uh,
0: so so I joke that I was basically raised in this industry. I started working for PMA when I was fifteen or. 16 years old, wow. as a sales assistant, part-time on the weekends, uh, grew up just, just north of the city in York how, region. There were a bunch of new homes. How did you get hooked
2: up with Andy Brother? I assume he, he was your boss, or he recruited you
0: into the business? It, no, uh, one of his sales managers, uh, Pete Cummins, actually uh, hired me at the time. There was a bunch of low-rise openings um, in, in just the immediate subdivision that I, that yeah, I grew yeah. up in, and they were looking for you know, part-time high schoolers to help out on opening weekends and hand out priceless. And I just got a rush off the first opening weekend and basically asked them if I could help out in any capacity after school or on the weekends. And I ended up becoming a part-time sales assistant. Um, And it led me throughout the balance of high school, early university, and through PMA is what connected me to to, to guidelines, uh, the marketing agency at the time. Um, I was studying... Communications and marketing in my undergrad, with a thought to go to law school. But I always had a passion for this industry. Loved architecture, interior design. Loved uh, sort of the thrill of marketing. So it, it was kind of a natural fit. Yeah. And then um, yeah, never never left the industry. Went from <laughs> went from brokerage side like to it. agency side. Learned a ton on the marketing of course agency side. Just as a junior. Um, are they still around? Guide, the guidelines? They are. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 They're uh, they're in their next generation of, of okay. leadership. There, they still do uh, uh, same some sort of commu- stuff as yes. PMA. Yeah. No, uh, they're they're on the marketing oh, side of things. So they do oh, a also just of-
2: marketing. They don't they don't integrate. Why don't Why don't the marketing companies and the sales agencies
0: team up and create one mega well, I company? Think, I, I mean, there's there's different sort of foods of thought around that. I think sales brokerages sort of specialize in sales. And with respect to marketing, especially moving into the digital side of things and the connectivity with the architects and production yeah, and yeah. sales pavilions and virtual sales uh, yeah, offices, yeah. I think you can make an argument that they can still be separated or, or combined depending yeah, on- one. I also like heard another- A group
1: like the Plus Group does a lot of services <laughs> that are integrated.
2: Well, you have heard of the Plus Group. <laughs> Actually, no, it's funny. Um, someone else had another good point. You know, if you're doing your sales with, you know, one sales group and they're doing the marketing and you're working with one developer, you know, that developer may not want to do their marketing with the same company that does, you know, their competitor across the street. So, so, you know, some, some... Separation well, well, is speaking not a bad of thing.
1: Uh, multi-developer projects, I was just looking back on your timeline and trying to line up, you know, some of the projects that you worked on. So, it looks like one of the first major projects you worked on was uh, Upper Unionville, which is like 1,600 units, which uh, I think was what five or six developers in there. Yes, I just had a, like a totally random question, but how did you, how do you ultimately divvy up all the lots within that development between the developers and uh, and my other? It was kind of a two part question, but uh, and why was there architectural controls on that on that development? So
0: there's actually so, so two parts with respect to how the lot fabric is is uh, divvied up between the the builder developers. That's all sort of established when you enter the the agreement on purchasing the land. So it's typically divided based on your percentage of ownership. So if Paradise has 33 percent of a project, we would get 33 percent of the lots to build out. And we'd have a fair and equitable split between all, all developers. With respect to architectural control, every single community that we enter into has an architectural control guideline standard that we need to design product to, adhere to her, yeah. and adhere yeah. to. And, and it has to be approved right. before we can prepare any marketing assets to bring that project to market. So... Uh, in some cases, so and is that through the municipality
1: or just through your partnership with the other developers?
0: No, it's through it's through a third party control architect. So, and in some municipalities, um, it's a governing third body that the municipality entrusts to. Okay, is like a land group? Our, there's a landowners group, but that doesn't have to, anything to do with the architectural okay, control. Right, right, right. The city requires us yeah. to have a control architect that I guess they approve right. to stamp our drawings and make sure that um, make sure that it's up to yeah, whatever yeah. design elements are, are required for the community. So it's like there's community visioning. So some municipalities, you know, want us to um, focus on a more gothic Architecture, or more contemporary architecture, traditional farmhouse. So you have to get all these standards out of the way before you even begin the design process mm-hmm. with our uh, architects. Yeah, I remember driving through like Stouffville and it was all like all farmhouse type designs
1: and all these like, you know... 1940s uh, decorative yes. things on the outside. I'm like, oh
0: god. And we've been <laughs> we've been sort of pushing over the last seven or eight years. Uh, there's been more of a trend to contemporary architecture because that's what our consumers are. That's, that's
1: funny. That's the exact yeah. same. That's the, the next question that I had. There seems to be. I was just mentioned. There seems to be a, a lack of modern designs in greenfield development. But you're saying that that's starting to change.
0: That's definitely shifting. Yeah. Definitely shifting. We've uh, incorporated it in a bunch of our communities. In fact. Um, there's three or four communities that have been solely contemporary. Wow. Most recently, we just launched a, a community in Aurora, um, a, a latter phase of our Aurora Trails community. And the the all the townhome product is 100% tra- transitional contemporary, but um, no traditional architecture whatsoever.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, so before we get uh, into a couple more questions, <clears throat> I know that you talked about your... Um, start in the business, but Paradise has been around for 50 years. Yes, and it's got a very rich history of of being a low rise developer. Is there any way you could give us a little bit of history on on the company and, Absolutely. and how we got to uh, to be in this beautiful yeah, building? There was, a, there was a little bit. Of,
1: there were some articles recently about a, a a company had a similar name to yours that were doing some some. Out of sorts thing, so it must be really pain in the rear end to have see, see that happen.
0: It, it, it was super unfortunate because you know Paradise. Sorry, who was that?
1: There was a, a company that had Paradise within their name, but they were like, oh, really? Yeah, I didn't and, hear But they about were that. like a uh, the developers, a fly, just like some fly by night developers. No, selling it was it was
0: yeah. We, we don't even like there the, the, the was that article that was published for sure, but it was a I think a one offer guy yeah. that would try and leverage our name, play really? with it. And, and yeah. And Yikes. unfortunately, uh, brutal. yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was not, not pleasant at all. But, um, no paradise, paradise developments has been in business. This is our 50th year. Wow. wow. Congrats. Uh, yeah. F- super, actually you can see on yeah, the I'm staring here, at it. um, I'm like, gotta hear the story. Yeah. yeah. And it was founded, um, on, uh, on, a handshake by two gentlemen, Joseph Baruch and Eddie Weiss. um, and the partnership has been sort of flawless and seamless throughout the last 50 years. They're now in their second and third generation of ownership. Eddie is still involved in the business, comes in every day. How Eddie. Eddie is in his mid-70s now. And his son, Stephen, has sort of taken the helm uh, from his father on, on, on representing the, the wife's side of the, the partnership. And then um, Joseph has three sons, Ron, Amnon, and Danny. Um, and now one of, one of the nephews, Jeremy is also in the business. So, but everyone is still working as hard as if it's a first generation,
1: almost startup.
0: Everyone comes in every day with energy, excitement, you know, uh, looking to buy, diversify the business and prepare it for its next 30, 40, 50 years. So That's it's, great. it's wonderful. And how many,
2: how many houses, how many completions in 50 years? Is that a stat? I'd you say, have? I'd say <laughs> r- we,
0: we, roughly over 15,000 for sure. Wow. Somewhere between fifteen and twenty. And how many houses are you guys doing a year now? These you know, we've been averaging the last three or four years between five and six hundred. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So
2: you're still you're still cranking out those numbers. That's incredible. Yeah, when and was, it's all low rise. All low
0: rise. So our core business is still predominantly low rise. Yeah. Um, we've sort of diversified uh, seven or eight years ago under under Stephen. Uh, we have a. A purpose-built rental division. We have a commercial division. Um and but predominantly still Predominantly, single predominantly arose, singles, sure. towns, stacks, back-to-backs. singles, towns, back-to-backs. Uh, no stacks, back to backs. Singles, towns, back to backs, uh stacks for dummies, we call them. We haven't we haven't <laughs> gone underground yet. We're, we're stacks are we're, tough. We're Listen, still slightly nervous of heights very, very and, 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 and
2: underground, but uh yeah. There's only there's only really from what I can tell, a handful of people, groups in the city that can really execute stacks properly. And anyone who doesn't know the inner workings of a stack townhouse generally – has major delays and huge cost overruns. We it's, feel it's, like a, it's
0: a tough, tough process. And that's been our difficulty is yeah. truly understanding the costs yeah. of stacked townhomes with underground parking. It's a very difficult thing to do. Yeah, it's funny yeah. how
1: we had we had uh, Stafford Homes and they were like one of the originals for doing stacks, yeah. but they don't do stacks anymore, which is, which is an you interesting. You talk to a lot of groups, yeah. they did it once, and they swear they'll never touch stacks again. Yeah, But I have another
2: group we're working with right now, um, and they're... They only do stacks, and they're like we're the only ones who can do it. And I'm, they're not—they're like I'm not just saying that. They're like we
0: literally—they figured have out the figured formula. Out they the understand formula. the costs. We know how to do
2: it. We've done it 20 times. We do the same thing every time. We've got our trades. We've got our you know formulas, our
1: layouts, our architects, and we can execute. It's interesting. So, but yeah, it's been, yeah. When I was tracking the low-rise market, you know, 15 years ago, Paradise wasn't like a well-known name, but now you're. Up there as you know, top five, top three, top three, two, developer. Developer. <laughs> anyway, Like every year. I mean, obviously, you're not going to launch the same amount of units every year, but you're generally in the top five every year for sales. Is there, was there a, something that uh, you know over your no, over your? I think, I your think
0: generally, we, we, we sort of fly to? under the radar. We we just come to work. We want to deliver a, a phenomenal product for uh, for our clients. And with respect to the uptick in volume. Um, I, I partially do an acquisition strategy, sort of uh, s- staffing the business, growing the business, and sort of what the, what, what the goals were, right? So Paradise Homes was a home builder from the, from the early 70s until the early 90s, and then sort of transferred into home builder development, bringing in Mark Jeppas, as uh, working with Eddie as, as leader in, in our development division. And from there, we really began acquiring larger scale yeah, planned communities. That, I, yeah, and that's think. where now you'll see, you're seeing the, you know, take six, seven, eight year, however long through the development process. And that's why the ramp up in, in actual volume and number of communities has transpired over the last 10 to 15 years. Well, one
2: interesting thing about low rise and Ben, I don't know if you even would be sort of privy to this, but um, Daniel, maybe you could explain it, is historically there was two groups of people. There was developers and there was builders, and there yep. were two different companies. So you'd have like your development company, and they would they would buy the land, acquire it, zone it, put in the municipal services, probably sever the lots, you know, that once the sewers and the and the curbs and the streets were in, and then they'd take those lots and they'd sell them to the builder. Yeah, and I'm,
1: they would. I I I've been in business long enough uh, to remember lot sales, yeah, lot, high sales. Right. Lot, lot sales. Lot sales. Lot now sales now was reports. Like, now like none we,
2: of we, them. We, right? did, we used to, you know look at all the lot sales reports, but but from my understanding is that probably sometime in that range where you just spoke of is that there was no profit on the development side. So you had to build to really make make your profit. Or there was a switch. Or there was a changing of the guard. And then basically all the developers merged to become developer builder.
0: Well, I think also a lot of the large, larger scale developers, this is what I was told. I, w- I wasn't in the business at this point, but yeah. a lot of the larger scale developers in the 80s and early 90s were starting their own building companies and feeding their own supply. Right, yeah. right. And so you couldn't, you couldn't, couldn't, yeah. couldn't find lots. Right? Correct. Yeah. And so, so you you were almost forced to diversify, or you wouldn't be able to it. It. No as a home. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: And yeah. Why don't we get into the sales and marketing side? Because that's yeah. kind of Daniel's, yeah. Daniel's thing. So, For sure. I know, I know that's changed a lot over, you know, even in the ten years that you've been in the business, right? Like, a lot of the, a lot of the sites were, you know. We're opening on Saturday at one o'clock, and then there'd be, uh, you know, people sleeping out a week in advance, and kind of a, a frenzy of activity. I know that your team was working with Ryan Design, and they suggested, you know, registrants come into the sales office before sales, and then do a lottery. And that's—I can't believe that's ten years ago now. So that tell us a bit, bit about that, that a, was a bit of a game changer for sure. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about how it, it, the the sales and marketing process is, is
0: for low rise has kind of evolved over the last decade. It's funny, I feel like it's evolved, not only over, it evolves based on every market, every community, uh, and, and every sort of sales strategy for that particular launch. But in general, 10 to 15 years ago, the formula was you'd meet with your ad agency, you'd put together a sort of print media campaign, spend a long period of time somewhere in the neighborhood of 12 to 16 weeks building up hype through paper ads and direct mailers and signage and A-frames and try and create a database where you, of 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 interested of interested parties to come for a cattle call and and it would be you know setting the date like you a said cattle call so we 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 you know <laughs> it would be pointed in as a cattle call but a first like come first serve <laughs> yeah. um you know, hoard the sales office at Saturday morning at get 11 a.m., yeah, yeah. get in line, and, and and it worked really well for years until the demand became so, so crazy and in a crazy market that we would have people start lining up, camping out, sleeping in sleeping bags. Uh, they, if they could have, they, they tried to start two to three weeks before the launch date. No way. <laughs> yes.
2: So, and th- were they like that? Delu- anyway, I guess, doesn't that think make you think you're under- Like, it was priced too low? <laughs> for someone no, to wait two weeks. No. They must think they're going to make like a million dollars on a million dollar purchase. Like they're going to buy for a million and sell for two. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> the only way that I, you could even get me out of bed to not sleep no, in my bed. I just wanted, wanted a it's, new it's, home it's so the, badly it's, it's in that It's the dream
0: of home ownership. And, and yeah. it was, you know, you know de- again, depending on, on different, different locations or, or markets or, or whatever it was. But um, so the, the, the instance that you're talking about was we saw this demand and we said, we can, this is unsafe. We can't have people... Mm-hmm. lining up and sleeping in in sleeping bags so sort of on a dime we emailed the database saying we're we're now going to sort of email you, it's going to be a, a fair lottery system on when you'll get an appointment to come to the sales office and purchase just due to the safety and overwhelming demand it would yeah, have been it would yeah. have been a lottery anyways if you were laying outside you don't know if by the time you get in the sales office that particular home that you're interested in or a particular lot or model yeah, yeah. would be available anyways
2: yeah and so, so you want to hear a funny story the, No, it's not my time to to tell stories, but I'm going to tell you a a very interesting story that I heard from an old-time builder back in the day. He was selling a condo at, I think it was around Bathurst and Steeles, and the lineup was so long, and the buyers were so aggressive that he – didn't want to go through the front door, so he sort of like snuck around the back of the sales center to go in in his it was his development, like his yeah. sales center, he was launching. It. But some of the guys at the back of the line saw him going in through the back door and like rushed him and they're like, You're cheating, you're going in before us and they like try to find
1: the <laughs> oh, we had, Because we, he, he's like, Whoa, whoa, and he
2: was with his wife and they like went after his wife. They thought he you know, they were they're skipping
0: the line. Look, and, and you'd you'd have to have all the safety protocols in place. We had police at every opening, we had security guards just to ensure traffic flow and and safety, and you know when yeah. when when you're in a really hot market, and someone and you've got a product that someone really wants, um, yeah, that it's like when you country. launch a
2: new pair of sneakers, you know, those kids go crazy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah so so
1: what has changed I guess over the last uh, the last ten years so, from just, the, are, you, are you still guys so, still doing so, lottery so fr- systems No,
0: so from that from that experience, um, sort of the next evolution was. Preparing a full appointment system where part of the the strategic marketing plan would be layering in communication, saying that on X date an appointment system is going to launch, where you'll be able to select a time that you that is allocated for you to come in and purchase. Um, but to ensure you're ready for that purchase appointment, we are going to have an open house pre sale weekend where you can come visit the sales office at any time. We're not selling. Anything, So you don't have to worry about coming at a specific time and lineups just come anytime to get all the information you need ahead of time so that when it comes time to booking your appointment, you have all the answers. You have all the questions answered. We have our bank financing on site. You can get, you know, your approval ahead of time just to get it more organized and uh, and and have things sort of flow a bit easier. Yeah. And we would we we launched our first version of, of this appointment system almost like Ticketmaster when you're going to you know book book to buy to buy your ticket you're, you're, you're booking your appointment and of course the first version of that in 2013 or 14 the system crashed system you know, right? like, <laughs> and, like, and we're all oh my gosh what what are we doing let's just but uh, we refined the process over the years and that worked really well for a number of years and then. COVID pandemic hit in early 2020. And it just so happened that the timing that the pandemic hit, which was mid-March, we had been doing a bunch of pre-marketing for our early spring launches, because typically we would launch the end of March and and have our spring sales program before, you know, things mm-hmm. typically quieted down in the summer. So it just so happened that the weekend before um, before the before Toronto shut down, we had a large scale open house event. We did. We didn't know what was happening, so we yeah. had five or six hundred people through our our Brampton sales office wow. that weekend. <laughs> Are you super, wanting, super spreader. so event. excited. So <laughs> wow. we had no idea. So excited to purchase, and we said, "Okay, you know, uh, we'll see you next week. It's all good." Well, we couldn't see anyone next week, and we were we shut down. So initially, we just canceled the event. And then within 24 hours, we said, we have all these people begging, mm-hmm. begging to purchase a home. What what are we going to do? So within 48 hours, together with Ryan Design, we put together the first version of a virtual sales program, which right. looking back now Pretty was weak. so <laughs> archaic.
2: We, it's like two years ago. We, I know, but it looks <laughs> it, yeah, it, yeah. It,
0: we, we truly we, we laugh about it now where we called all the registrants, we booked a WhatsApp or FaceTime appointment and our sales agents didn't even have AirPods and they're in the sales office by themselves, like showing the clients, (laughs) the site plan with their phone turned around, shaking. And it was was just learning how to sell over the phone. And we had them, we printed the agreement. We didn't have any sort of digital document signing process. We printed the agreements. They had to pick them up outside with their gloves on, <laughs> review it with their lawyer, drop it off in our Dropbox. and It was just crazy. And, and crazy. now we've sort of evolved since then. We've actually sold just over probably a thousand homes in the last two years with a sort of seamless virtual sales office, virtual uh, virtual experience. That's great. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. Listen, we've all adapted. I remember when we went
2: home for COVID, we thought it was going to be two weeks. You know, we're going to go home for two weeks. And I had never even heard of Teams. I didn't know what Teams was. Zoom? Zoom. Oh, I Zoom. I had no idea. Go to. I had no idea. And all of a sudden, and it was quite remarkable, actually, how quickly we all just like adapted and and could operate this this business online. Obviously, you guys have figured it out, and I assume going forward there'll probably be a mix of both: some in person, some of the things you've picked up digitally. And that, online, that, you'll that, continue that's, to that's use. sort
0: of our question mark right now: is we've now gotten this virtual selling process down to 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 an art. We're we're super proud of how we how we sell virtually, and sort of coming out of it, it's what's that happy what's that blend going to look like? Yeah. Are, are, What's what's the new version of a new home sales office look like? We used to build these massive, state-of-the-art pavilions with full model homes. Yeah, two million bucks, like, three
2: million bucks for six, a sales pavilion. And six developers there. And, with, yeah. and,
0: and and you know, with with technology, the virtual model homes that you can. And you know, our website is basically an extension yeah. of our. It's it is our first sales office now. Right. And so, if you have a comprehensive website with all the information, virtual walkthroughs, like. How much of the how much infrastructure do you need to dedicate yeah. for for an in person sales office? Yeah, and then That's how much
2: cost away. savings are there as well? Because at the end of the day, you just tear it down, right? It, and it's it, such it can be yeah, looked upon as such mind, a waste. Yeah, that some people would
1: spend one point five million 1. 5, $1. 5, on a, try like on a two point five three. Like they're they're <laughs> they're, they're not cheap. Yeah, you and know? tear it down a couple a uh, couple uh, years later, right? Yeah, so no, I, think, yeah, I think it's, it's definitely
0: important important to have a presence. Uh, presence in the community that you're selling it's just we're, we're still in the midst of trying to figure out what yeah. the hybrid what the hybrid looks yeah, like it's going a, it's, forward. a good, it's
1: a good transition to the fact that most of your career you've been selling in a super hot market so let's let's actually go to to, to 2017 so move yeah. back a, a couple of years so prices in the low rice market were up Forty-five percent year over year. The government implements the fair housing plan. You know, an attempt to to cool the market. If, you know, some sales happened definitely during the summer of of, of 2017. Then it really just kind of stopped for for a while, and prices were prices were fairly flat. Um, some buyers were, you know, some buyers were having trouble closing. You know, how did you sure. how did you ultimately deal with uh, a flat marketplace? And you know actually some declines in value out there. Sure, sure. That's, that's my big question. It's just
2: almost like, what the hell's happening now? For- and, th- and we've seen this before, yeah. right? So like, let's, like, go, let's go yeah. back like, to 2017 tell, and tell see. see what's going I'm on. super
0: curious. Fair enough. One, one thing, especially at Paradise, we feel that communication is key um, to ensuring all of our purchasers have a seamless experience from the very beginning. So for us, we always try and ensure that our clients get... A pre-approval, or even go so far as getting a firm approval if possible, before they even enter into the agreement of purchase and sale, because we all know markets go up and down, and we educate our clients on that from the very beginning. We let them know it's a you know it's a cyclical marketplace, they go up and down. Protect yourself. Get your pre-approval ahead of time. Uh, to ensure, but, but but does per- the
2: pre approval? I mean, not to push back, but like it's not really even worth the paper it's written on at the end of the day. <laughs> no, but we we get
0: we ever we, ba- we have we have cap rates up to twenty four months with our with our partner banks. So and they'll the honor them. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I guess
2: my whole thing with the pre approvals is like so much can change in two years. You know, a spouse could get sick or the kid could get sick, and you have to quit your job or like there's a trillion, a billion, trillion things
0: that could happen to sure, a couple or a buyer but that's i guess with with every purchase of right course. No, it is. that 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 yeah so so what we what we what we try and do upfront is just educate it, the client as it's much like, as, as possible and then we also do the due diligence, do the due diligence yeah, yeah. and throughout the entire process as soon as that sales done we Check have a dedicated client liaison paired with our design studio so we communicate with our clients throughout the entire process our sales agents all of our clients have our sales agents direct cell phone number That's good. and we tell them if there's ever any issues with anything if you need to add purchasers as you go along if you need to maybe have some slight deposit extensions depending on on our you know cuz we 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 do ask for some you know quite significant deposits up front anywhere between 10 and 15% um, we just communicate 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 through the entire process to try and uh, identify any issues early and and, and help them you know the, the best we can. So
1: I'm interesting like if someone if, if someone got a bank bank pre approval for like a two point two percent mortgage rate are they gonna <laughs> not, listen I I've been in the mortgage business
2: for a long time More, I'm I'm dealing with it on going back to my consumer site so one of the issues that we're having is we're selling these industrial units and they're like three four thousand square feet for you know five. 150 bucks a foot. It's a big purchase, but small businesses want to buy somewhere, but they're struggling. They're like, when is it going to close and how am I going to finance this? So they've come to us saying, put the financing together. Now there's a totally different asset class. This is not even comparable, but we've gone out to a number of different financing sources and tried to put pre-approvals together and it's very difficult. The guy's like, I'll give you an LOI, but it's not going to, it's not worth anything if it closes in two years, right? Like the rates are going to change and everything's going to change. So, Listen, we're in the lending business and we won't lend on any project unless all the buyers have pre approvals, and we force the developer to get these pre approvals. So I'm sort of speaking out of both sides of my mouth, <laughs> but you know, it's the reality of, of, of the situation, it is it's the world we live in. So it's the right thing to do if, as a developer. I think the communication, obviously, you guys have, have, are communicating, it's, it's super key. And
0: yes, yes, but what?
2: But here's the real tough one, and this is I think we're going to see this again, but, but what happens when you buy for a million? and two and a half years later, you go to close and your house is worth 800 the house appraises at 800. I'm, I'm assuming you had that with, with some of your buyers and, and they had to, right, is it
1: really in the low rise market? Are you seeing like a two oh, yeah. and a half year from sale to
0: occupancy? We no that, that, that is, is Maybe, it's yeah. really extended for us. Yeah. So so I would say on months. the outside, outside is 18 months. Yeah. yeah. And look again, but back to communication throughout the process, it's, it's, you know, we're communicating with our clients daily. We, we allow Again, the additional additional cosigners. So, if they need additional help on on getting approved, um, we allow assign. Right, <laughs> uh, we allow assignments. Oh, you do. So, if someone really is in a bind and they they, they can't close. Can close, we will allow an assignment. Right. Um, we, in very limited situations, will offer maybe you know a, a secondary mortgage through through our company. You will. Okay.
2: Yeah, that's good. What about, what about the, like, I mean, 17, wasn't there, wasn't there, you know, there was like a real window there that the values of the pre, of the pre-sale wasn't the same as the current value when it came time to close. Did you guys ever run into that? And you
1: sued, sued the crap out of some people, right? No, no, we, <laughs> we no,
0: we, uh, we just, again, throughout the process, um, helped, you know, as many uh, buyers as we could and, and explained to some of the people that were in a bit of a pinch to find their, their financing because it's, it's cyclical. Yeah. It, 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 it'll, it'll, you know.
2: Yeah. The next cycle, you're sort of saying, yeah, it's down, but it'll come back. Yeah. I, I don't know. It just, it's, it's a. I mean, everyone worries. Here, here's everyone another worries. question about pre-sale construction. This, <laughs> I'm getting like really deep. Because I'm thinking, because <laughs> listen, we're in the middle of, we're entering some pretty crazy times. Rates are going up. Like, in some ways, buying a piece of real estate pre-construction should be regulated as a security, because I think people have this, this big buyers. They're like, I'm going to buy this thing pre-construction, and the value is going to go up, and I'm going to make a lift on my money.
1: Well, I think that's a little more in the high-rise than in the low-rise
2: No, nah, I don't think so. I think the low-rise – people are like, why do you think you, there's are camping out in sleeping bags? Well, I guess
1: that's a good question. Like, what what percentage of your buyers do you think, if you had to just you know off the top of your head, would be investors versus people who want to live in the house themselves?
0: I think it varies community by to community, but I think a lot of our investors also, um, you know, look at it as a potential for themselves to move in or a family member to move in as well. Um, you know, a lot a lot of our buyers will. Again, paradise has been around for for so long, and especially in a, in a lot of our West End sites, um, a lot of families will buy together uh, together in a community. Yeah, so, yeah. so you know, I would say, I would say that the the, the percentages are, are really tough to to sort of yeah. nail down, but. There's 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 a significant amount of investors and uh, in and I think in all communities yeah. uh, when you're when you have closing needs that are that are but even 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 Ben if it's not an
2: investor even if it's a family who thinks they're going to live in it they're still buying with the assumption that there's going to be some appreciation value from like the pre to the you know from the pre-sale to the or the pre-con sale to the actual closing or else they just buy a piece of you know an existing house on the market I think but my fear is that. What's going on with all these canceled projects and the deposit returning issue? And you know, the buyers are, are sort of saying, you know, I'm getting they think they're getting screwed because they didn't make as much money as maybe they thought they were going to make, or maybe they bought a pre-con unit for a million bucks and it's only worth nine hundred fifty thousand, and they're sort of yelling and screaming like, you know, like it's not fair. But that's sort of why I'm. I mean, I, I mean, I think regulating it as a security is probably going a little bit too far. But having I don't know, more, it's, more regulation on it. Like when I, when I sign up an investor for one of our like retail funds, you know, it's technically a, it's a, it's a security and they, and it's, they're signing up for an 8% return, but it's not guaranteed. And they sign this like long form. It says like, I might lose my money. Like this is not guaranteed. <laughs> this, and I, I've invested in a whole bunch of different deal and every piece of paper, it always says the same thing. I just, I'm sort of saying, I'm asking the question, like yeah. it's, it's way not, out there, actually, but
1: that's why I like the fact that there's lots of investors. Because but then, it doesn't matter, investor or the, non-investor. If the market goes down, then it's like okay, it's someone that knew that they were investing in in something in the future. As well, opposed that's my whole thing. A, it's an as investment, to an, an end user. Everybody this.
2: thinks that they're you know, like everyone thinks they're just buying this like guaranteed investment. It's not like it's not a guaranteed investment. You're buying a house. It could go up. It could go down. The market could tank. The market could go up. It's not a guaranteed return. And that's you know, again, I'm asking it's sort of like a theoretical question, but. Do you think like it should be a bit more regulated, or is it is it the right regulation is in place today? Um, Big question, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I,
0: I I think I think the the right regulations are in place today. I don't. I think every person has uh, you know the wherewithal and understanding of that markets go up and down, and they're choosing to either purchase a home to live in, uh, purchase a home to invest in, and, and know that. Maybe in the sh- short term there there could be ups and downs, but you know if, yeah. if you're in it for the long game, yeah, you yeah. hope that it's a uh, it's a yeah. positive investment. Yeah. To ah.
1: Ah, there's too many protections out there for these people.
0: Yep. <laughs> okay, so
1: well, like I mentioned, that, that that pricing was really flat from like the middle of 2017 to 2019. Just curious what you guys did when you launched in that period. Did you change the product? Did you change the incentives? What did you guys do differently to kind no, we of always, to bring buyers we,
0: back? We we always in every market that we that we get ready to, to prepare for a sales launch, we price to what the market is. Yeah. We do our market comps, we look at resale, we look at rental, we look at other new home developers, and we price to market. So and, and, and that there's there's no there's really no magic formula there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so you weren't like taking your seventy foot lots and making them thirty five foot lots or anything like that. No,
0: because that thirty five foot lot, you're still gonna have to price to whatever that thirty five foot lot is worth, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That seventy foot lot is worth what it's what it's worth. Yep. It's it's
1: interesting.
2: Is there? Uh, let me ask you another question similar. Is what what do you guys what have you guys done historically to attract buyers to your site versus say the site next door? Have you done any exciting event, in, initiatives or events? To really bring in in the consumer. Well, look, we, we
0: really get excited about selling our our process and and sort of this whole you know master plan community visioning. Mm-hmm. So we take the time to you know sh- highlight all the the, the various uh, you know elements of a community. We really take time to ensure that we have the right floor plans that buyers can actually function in Mm -hmm. and we do a bunch of r&d trips down to you know we'll go annually to california and tour some really large scale scale homes with some all the bells and whistles and new ideas and try and bring them back with some fresh perspectives and and it's really about creating living spaces that we feel um uh, buyers want that are a bit new and different and fresh Mm -hmm. and then through our through our marketing program, um, you know, building hype through our through our digital advertising, driving them to our website that has all this information and really selling our product.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. interesting. I, it's funny cause you're basically touching on like my next two two questions that I had for you. You know, because you talked a little bit about you know. 10, 15 years ago, print brochures and mailers and yes. stuff like that. So what's you know, what's the biggest bang for the buck these days? Is, it, is it Instagram? Is I'm it curious. is it Facebook? Is it still signage or people still driving by and say, hey, I just saw the sign and I wanted to come out?
0: Like what what's 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 driving it these days? Without a doubt, digital marketing is driving it. Um, Instagram, Facebook. TikTok, oh wow! TikTok <laughs> really? is the new is a new game changer. Really, here first. So well, you're da- uh, you're doing dances go- and stuff on there, go- or what? Pretty <laughs> soon, pretty soon, put a clown suit on and, <laughs> and start. Um, go- and, and Google AdWord programs really just sort of uh, optimizing our SEO. Uh, Where
2: when, like are people? Consumers looking—is it predominantly just Google searching? You know, new
0: house development, new communities—is that a lot? uh, Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure, a lot lot is through Google Google search, but then we are also targeting them through Facebook, Instagram, TikTok got it um and then of course through through our search optimization through algorithms can you, can you explain are. tiktok to me <laughs> seriously like it's, a
2: lot.
1: It's, i love tiktok no, i it, spend way too much time on there do you? <laughs> no yeah.
0: it, we're, we're finding that the, the the 10 second sponsored tiktok video yeah is capped like if if you know the, the, again our, our our ad agency would be able to speak to the yeah. exact creative and messaging yeah. behind it a little better but um you know people's attention spans are getting Less and less and less. And more and more subscribers, especially in our, our demographics before TikTok, you know, was something that kids and teens were using. Now, our sweet spot, our 25 to 49-year-old really? demographic, which is who's typically buying a paradise home, right, is He's on, on TikTok. TikTok.
1: Wow. Yeah. And just, it's such, you know, to walk through a beautiful home, right, and just, you know, go through the hallway and come into that brand new kitchen. And it's like... Anyone is going to get excited about that, you know. You feel like, oh, oh, right, right. It's just it's such. I don't, I don't care who you are. People love that, right? Yeah. To see the latest designs and and, and everything like that. I mean, I, I, don't know anyone that's not at least a tiny bit HGTV obsessed for sure, for sure. <laughs> right.
0: And it's 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 exciting, right? And it's it's newer trends, and it, it from from these ads drives drives potential clients to, to our their website. website, yeah. And we try and load our website with as much information as possible. We have digital flip books now. So instead of printed brochures, we have, you know, beautiful. You I know, love something. the sound
1: that it makes when you click on, you change the right?
0: page. <laughs> 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 there you go. <laughs>
1: Whoever you came go. up with the little. That's, that's great. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and, yeah. So let me, you know, you, you mentioned, uh, sorry, I'm stealing all the questions. No, you, Steve, keep going, but, keep going. Um, you mentioned that you'd go on some of these, these uh, like kind of fact finding trips and go down to the U.S. But. I noticed that there's been definitely been an evolution in the product that GTA yes. developed Low Rise Developers. There used to be, you know, bungalows and bungalows and a lot of semi-detached product. It seems like none of that's offered anymore. There used to be like two-story townhomes on 25-foot lots. Now it's like 18 and to 20 maximum. Everyone's doing three story towns. You know, you know what, what's kind of driving these changes. Do you have any idea what the 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 next drive is? Is it three story single detached homes? Are we going to see rooftop terraces Look, on I, singles? Like what's what's the I, next I think next for, thing for
0: for, for a ground oriented freehold product? You know, affordability is. Is the driver? Mm-hmm. So if you can, our, I mean, our, I would say our densest version of a, of a ground oriented without without uh, underground parking right. now is is our freehold, what we call back to back units. So you still, it's it's I don't do do you know what a back to back? Yeah, unit of course. Is? We're, so we're, built, we're building uh, 58 right now. So there All you of go. Our projects. So nice. you're,
1: the you're, that, yeah. you're,
0: what you're basically doing is eliminating your traditional rear yard amenity space. Moving it to the second floor off of your living and dining area, but you're still getting, you know, your fifteen hundred to two thousand square feet, three bedrooms, two and a half baths, a kitchen, family room and dining room, and you can you can have a family of four yeah. or, or, or five live comfortably, um, and it gets them into the market. It's it's really affordability, which is, in, in my opinion, That's why sort we're driven doing it down. Too. Yeah driven down the lot the low-rise dream of a 50foot yeah. lot on you know yeah. wide shallow 50 foot lot well it's
2: cheaper than a, a town as well right it's it's, it's all about price points so yeah
1: yeah so I'm, I'm always trying to figure out what the difference between you know uh you know a traditional freehold and a rear lane versus a, versus well, a back stack to back versus back back to back is basically versus, you know you have just,
2: no backyard is the easiest way to do your, your house yeah. is
1: built you have a, a traditional townhouse and you right just yeah. put them together and, and so it's typically you got the you got the garage and then one car one car can fit in and the, the driveway and drive, so
0: you have two parking yeah, yeah. um you have your, your your laundry and amenity space on, on on your ground floor second floor kitchen living dining. and dining third floor two uh, w- with a powder story and then third floor two bathrooms and three bedrooms
1: wow so you're w- three bedrooms on the top floor yes okay and, and a rooftop. rooftop terrace sometimes
0: we we haven't done we haven't done a rooftop terrace, but in some some yeah. cases for sure.
2: Yeah, yeah. For sure. I find the rooftop terrace, not to go on uh, off on a tangent, but it's such like a it's such a marketing like no who who like using a rooftop terrace is quite inconvenient. <laughs> and that's <laughs> like, you're thing, like oh, barbecue a barbecue on the roof, but your kitchen's three
0: floors so you gotta walk we, up seven like and, like, right. <laughs> and we have the amenity space <laughs> off off the second floor Which w- makes more sense. D- adjacent to the kitchen, yeah. which, which yeah. makes more sense. Yeah. And what we're finding interesting is talking about the other two townhome products, your traditional rear lane town and your traditional front-loaded town, um, we almost value them the same now because yeah. some buyers value that backyard from your front-loaded traditional town, but other buyers actually like the fact that you can get a double-car garage and amenity space over the garage without having to maintain a backyard. Yeah, the The desire for outdoor backyard space mm-hmm. is becoming less and less and less. We're finding with buyer trends over yeah. the last couple of years. Has been?
1: Has there been, and it's off topic, but is, is any community that you guys have built in allow you to build a secondary unit above the garage on a rear lane garage?
0: We haven't, we have not, um, dabbled with that. I, I believe there have been a few developers that are testing that in the 416, but I, I'm not, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah. Cause I
1: think that as, if you wanted to offset and affordability is one of the hugest things, if you wanted to offset some of your costs and you had a nanny suite there to, to rent out. Right. I think it could be an interesting way to offset some of your mortgage cost. Right. So I don't know if it flies in north markham or yeah, aurora yeah. if there'd be enough demand to to offset the additional cost that you would have but to but also to put just as for grandparents
2: or you yeah. know like other family members yeah, it'd be nice and, to, yeah.
1: to have uh, even if it's not even if it's
2: not for for income even if it's just for expanded families still exactly. make sense. Right. are you seeing the buyer buy on a per square foot basis or are, are, are comps in your market or your world people coming in saying oh This is this per foot, or this per front foot, or is it mostly just end units? Like, what? How much money do I have to spend to get this
0: house? Mostly, mostly just end price. That's
2: that's they're so focused on. Yes. Yes. So no one's doing a comp saying, "Well, the one across the street sold for a dollar less per foot."
0: No. Not, I, not, I, not I'm t- so in,
1: into yeah. price per square foot that I still will still evaluate low rise product on, yeah. a, on a price per square foot. But obviously, because there's different lot sizes and different depths, that it it's not as helpful. But it's interesting to see that we've started to see low rise houses hit a thousand bucks a foot. Right. 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 It just like kind of blows your mind. Right. It always used to be at such a huge discount to the price per square foot for a smaller. Condo unit, but to yeah, see those, yeah. see but those when you get in these expand. stacks. What
2: are the, what's the square foot of a stack typically that you're just described? With so the,
0: we we actually we, we haven't built any true stacks. Or sorry, uh, sorry, not stack. Uh, back to back. That's what I meant. A back to back, depending depending on so, so with the with your the ground ground floor, yeah,
1: ground floor uh, garage. I think for the most part, the I don't know if you, but from my research, it's typically like fifteen hundred to two thousand for That's a back to back, right? Exactly
0: uh, in that range, depending on where where you are.
1: Stacks are typically a thousand to eleven 1, hundred on average, right? So it's kind of these like little step ups, right? And then the traditional townhomes are like that eighteen to twenty four hundred square feet is kind of like the sweet spot, right? Until you get into the city of Toronto, and then there's the executive townhomes, right? For the for so the rich when, folks. in but, your world. When does when does the uh, project get put on your lap? Like
2: obviously the you know someone here. Are you involved when they're buying the land? Are you involved through the zoning process? It's
0: it's evolved over the year for sure, and now I'm I'm definitely much more close uh, closely tied to zoning and establishing the lot fabric, working with our development team sort of on the onset. Yeah, because
2: when we spoke earlier, I mean, you know, you were very in tune with, you know, what the
0: land was worth, what it was worth per foot. Yeah, f- it, uh, it, our, our builder developer team at Paradise is super integrated. Okay. So we, we we function as one. We, yeah. we value acquisitions I And mean, the intel together. you provided
2: was not just sales and marketing intel. It was sort of like, you know, development value,
0: land value. Right, so all, all you know, work on, on, on the, the builder side of our Performa, we call it to uh, sort of Back end, what we believe the lot values are worth, and then once once the deal is solidified, work with our with our planners, with our with our development team, and say, okay, you know, here's here's a piece of land. What, what do we think buyers would want here? What's what's a product so you're mix looking at, and you're ratio looking at right, that right you think would be right? What, what would the municipality? What, would, what right. would the municipality accept? What what what's what's in the and then, and then you know, review zoning standards to ensure pro- the product is saleable and there's enough square footage. What, for okay, I got. I have another question. What's the what's the hardest
2: part of that whole process? From like buying the land to defining, defining, you know, what the city wants, what you want, what the lot mix should be, you know, and then selling them. Is there is there a part in that process that you just say it's it's just? I
0: think because of because of how long sometimes the development process can take, ensuring from the beginning that you're designing a community that is is going to be s- sort of relevant in maybe five six or seven years from now are you are you selecting lot types and housing modules mm-hmm. that consumers are going to want, want when it comes time to sell to sell yeah. that from, from a sales and marketing that's always i, I was
2: going to say my other question was going to be like what's the secret you know what's paradise's secret sauce like what have you figured out and i think if, if think you know you probably take a step back. That might be it. Like you've really figured out the product that the market wants and have that product and ready to sell when
0: the n- number one is listening to our clients. Yeah. Listening to our purchasers, listening to feedback from our consumers, communicating. I was gonna with say communication, right? <laughs> consumers, commu- because that we, that's where you learn the most. And if you if you ignore that and think that you know, just because I may like a certain floor plan or yeah, that's, house type—that's the
1: problem. People, people get caught up in what they like as opposed to well, what people relevant, are right? are requesting. I, I, I guess you know. Hold I'm kind of. I have one more question on one this. More question. One more question. One more question. Okay. one more
2: question. How do you communicate with the future buyer? Because it's hard, right? Like, you, typically, your buyer is probably a one-time buyer. Maybe they come back for a two-time for a second house, but. How
0: do you communicate? Like, how do you get the intel sure from you're getting, that, that you're getting future consumer? Lots of, lots of feedback consumer. from the sales office, right? Mm-hmm. Lots of feedback, and our, yeah, our sales agents know that we we want to hear every every client that comes in. We, we want to know exactly the questions they're asking, the trends that they're seeing. No, right? But so, you don't have sales office when you're when you're buying a piece of land and figuring out. But we have the dep- lot sizes. But or, we do have experience within most of the time within the municipality that right, we're okay. maybe currently working, in. and okay. if not, we call. We have no issues calling other developers that have been in the in Business, in yeah. the in the area that that we maybe are not so familiar with. Got it. We'll, we'll host focus groups. We'll, okay. We'll, yeah no we we want to know what, what they want.
1: They want. That's good. That's interesting. Yeah, because um, I guess my my next question was about you know have you ever been surprised you know in terms of. The, you know, I'm not sure if you allocate each floor plan for each lot or if you allow, if some people want that house on these other lots, if you're fine putting on, is there any, is, have you had any surprise? Like, oh, I didn't think yeah, that. believe a that's plan, such but, a popular site. So.
0: Yeah. Every site. Okay. So, so <laughs> some, some sites we do pre-site ahead of time and, and we sort of will, will, you know, we, there's different architectural control rules based on separation and whatnot. And we just try and do an even, you know, split of different square footages and different house types. But when we go to market early enough in the process, uh, we like to give the buyer as much flexibility and freedom to select the house house types they like. And in some cases, there's a run on a particular floor plan that someone just loves so much that we end up designing an additional front elevation to make it look Similar? For, no, varied just, just on the streets. So you can, oh, you can okay. sell more of that particular
1: home type because it's just... Right, right. Such yeah. a, you don't want to have 10 homes all looking the exact same all in a row, right? For sure, for sure. <laughs> what I mean, is the, what's the, the theory there? Is, that this, is there uh,
2: a bit of a, you know, oh, I bought this one, you should get this one, and it just catches no, I think fire, it, it or is it just, it really it's, is it's, the a
0: it's co- right co- layout? It's, no, it's, it's the consumer demand at time. So, for example, um, when we introduced a double island in the kitchen. Oh, okay. So we introduced a double Double island island. as opposed to having an island with a little breakfast nook and then a separate dining room. We had a double island because we found like an island with a tear down and like all one piece or two different pieces do two two different pieces. Wow. One where you can have entertain. First of all, a lot of, a lot of um, you guys will maybe know better than me, but um, families eat around the island. Uh, You don't sort of go for a sit down for a formal dinner. You have one island that's used for prep entertaining um, homework and the other island that's that's for you know your quick more casual meals all at the same all at the same height and it just makes the kitchen look that much bigger and people just loved it. Wow, interesting. Yeah, imagine, interesting. Imagine telling
2: your friends that you just bought a house with a double island. They'd be like, come <laughs> on, <laughs> dude, you got a double island? Double you, island? A oh, is- richard.
1: I need myself a double <laughs> island. I could see that's what I'm saying with like, the consumer, the, it catches on. Okay, there, before you know. we go to the rapid fire, I wanted to ask just another quick floor plan question. <laughs> sure. Has there been, any, uh, been much demand for first level master suites?
0: Uh, we definitely have what we, we call, um, either an in-law suite or a, a secondary principal en suite on yeah. the main floor that has a bathroom for either aging parents with sort of the baby boomer generation. Um, but there hasn't in a lot of our communities where it's either first time or first move up buyers with younger families, there hasn't been a strong desire that I've seen for, yeah. for the, for the principal suite to be on the main floor. Okay,
1: uh, so we have uh, uh, at the end of each Wait, we podcast... F- we forgot to do the, the... We forgot the grind my gears category. Oh, well... Well, we we are in time crunched, so There's definitely a few uh, people I'd like to grind a little bit with, but uh, anyway. So rapid fire questions. So we're we're looking for you know five to ten word uh, answers to this. It could be yes, could be no, could be pass, could be you're nuts. Okay. Uh, so okay, <laughs> I usually interrupt and ask for like more
2: information, yeah, so when, just, and then ign- Ben gets mad yeah, and, so and says we are allowed to
1: do it. But you ignore can... that. So. <laughs> there we go. Okay, so well, I'm gonna ask the first one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Do you limit the number of homes a single buyer can purchase in one of your Ooh, communities? Good question.
0: Yes. We typically – one per one per purchaser.
1: Oh, that's a good one. Ask a follow-up. No, no, you cannot.
2: Is Doug Ford in the pocket of developers?
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> not, that I, not that I'm aware of.
1: <laughs> okay. Where do the majority of buyers come from for your greenfield developments? The suburbs or the city of Toronto? Suburbs. Okay, hmm. suburbs are suburbs. Okay. Is there demand for
2: three-story single-family homes in the suburbs?
0: Yes, uh, I would say on, on the more denser product, on our townhome product. No on our double-car garage detached product. It's okay. longer than five words, okay. but...
1: Good answer. I, I, I give you a clue that I was going to ask this question, but when setting lot premiums, do you use a formula or is it just based on your gut?
0: Blend. <laughs> it's a formula based on gut.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Do you
2: require a mortgage pre-approval before someone can purchase with you? We already talked yes. about that. Yes, that. Of okay. okay,
1: okay. Um, fill in the blank. The first city that Paradise builds in outside the GTA will
0: be Midhurst.
1: Midhurst. Oh, we're going north. Wow. Okay, I was totally. that was gonna. I thought we were gonna hear Guelph or Waterloo or something in there, but.
2: What is going to be a better product to sell in the suburbs moving forward? Mid-rise condos or stacked townhouses?
0: Oh, good question. TBD. Yeah? <laughs> TBD. I, I I I can see. I can I can truly see a, a, an avenue for both. Yeah. I think you're gonna. You're, there's definitely going to be more condo condo development. I, I, I almost think they're going to be equal in different ways. Interesting. Yeah, because I, I... Do we allow that answer on this show? I think, I think it's got to be block or away, uh, like left or
1: right, you know, I up just, or down. No, I just think, you know, I'm like... marketing <laughs> yeah. at these... Yeah. Like, marketing, yeah, sales guy. It's sales guy I mean. And I just look at these projects in like Edmonton and, and they have like single detached townhomes uh, and like mid-rise apartments in like far-flung suburbs. And I just always wonder why we don't have more of those kind of... So you could actually age in place, right? You could actually move from a low-density to, to mid-rise product and stay in, you know, north... Brampton, all right. So, anyways, uh, oh, it's mine. What's the go to incentive right now for low rise builders?
0: I would say a, a, a full impl- appliance package and air conditioning unit. Yep. Air conditioning. F- Why is air conditioning not standard? It, it depends on yourself, but no, it's, it's not a standard. Uh, what? I, I did not really? know that. I did not know that either. <laughs> no. Uh, air, I mean, air conditioning, a- appliance package, and. and uh, what is this, Calgary? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know Calgary, they don't have air conditioning. I know Vancouver, too. Vancouver condos, yeah. You could, uh, okay, here's a good question,
2: and I don't know if you would know the answer, but what percentage of your buyers park
1: their cars in the garage? But that That's one, I don't know idea. even know where that one came from. It just uh just popped into my head.
0: I'm gonna guess 50%.
1: <laughs> that's, that's, that's a lots answer. of driveway that's Parker's. a great yeah. so, well we appreciate your, you, we appreciate your time and it's yeah it's a different conversation we haven't talked a lot about basically uh, uh, on lot, the dot. dog lot, lot 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 of the, the low rise yeah. market so it was a lot of fun um, so yeah so where, where can people find you Where where's uh, what's the best place if you want to, want to buy a house they can call paradise. you directly. paradise, paradise, paradise developments.com
0: development. all of and our communities are are outlined okay and I'll
1: definitely I gotta look for the
0: paradise homes tiktok so I can't I see you on there? Uh, well, personally, yeah, I, but it's, it's it's not. It's just a, a fake account just to see all okay. the different the different no, ads. But I, I don't. See, I don't. Ing- will you be on the Paradise TikTok no, account? No, like, Are no, you, no, are no, you no, holding no. up a sign No, so "no
2: free upgrades"? <laughs> no, we, we actually
0: want people to purchase the home. So there you go. Yeah, we want to see you walk through the home and you're all sweating and you're like yeah. air
1: conditioning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is <laughs> incentive right now? We should do another
2: <laughs> podcast in one of the you know model suites, and
1: uh we can have fun. it on TikTok, and, and there you we know, go. We'll, we'll splice it for Think TikTok. About it. Yeah, there you yes, go. yes, yes. See, see, you're thinking, you're thinking outside the box. Any uh, last words You're thinking any like final a, you're, you're thinking
0: like, a, like a marketing guy now. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's all I ever do. <laughs> no, just thank you so much for 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 coming today. This was a lot of fun. Thank and, you for uh, having
1: us
2: and uh sharing all this great intel. It's yeah, it was very awesome. interesting. Awesome. We've got more low-rise questions. We need more low-rise developers. <laughs> yeah. There's lots of us. I can give you.
0: I can give you a full list. Yeah, awesome. perfect. All right, cool. thanks, Daniel. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jens.